Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm John McLean. I can be reached at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And I'm Brooks Cabina, and you can find me at B-K-U-B-E-N-A. Brooks, you're in Indianapolis for the Combine. This is the first one I've missed since 1987, other than last year when uh, the pandemic shut it down. I know you're pumped about it. You wrote a great story in the Chronicle Sunday previewing the Texans' positions and who they might be interested in. That story's on TexasSportsNation.com and can be read in Sunday's Chronicle and HoustonChronicle.com. But let's start out by kind of looking at at what you wrote and take a couple of positions that you're going to keep a close eye on based on what you think the Texans' needs are. Well, starting off, this is a team that has several needs top to bottom throughout this roster. But when you look at the number three pick, Nick Casario's already come out there and said they're open for business for possibly trading that. We'll go a little bit into this week about uh, the history of that. You remember last year, the price tag that the Dolphins got, they got two ones in the trade for that. So we'll see if the Texans are in there, if there are any other teams that are desperate enough uh, to go up and get, if there are any uh, talented players like that that are worth trading up for. But um, when you look at that kind of slot, uh, that generally speaks to top quality guys. And in this draft, that's defensive ends like Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau or an offensive lineman um, of the very many that are there. So those are kind of the two big positions that you're looking at uh, first off. And really, when you look at the needs, both sides of the ball, um, you know, there is some talent uh, on the defensive line. You look at Jonathan Grenard, who had a pretty good season to start off last year and then tapered off towards the end and um, was part of those that uh, contracted COVID and then um, only had one sack in his final five starts, I believe. Uh, But they need a pass rush. When you look at the Lovey Smith defense, it's so focused on uh, getting a four-man rush, and there's a lot of reasons why that helps out uh, the back end for this specific kind of defense. And uh, they need more rush there. There were um, very few teams that got to the quarterback and created pressure uh, fewer times than the Texans did last year. So uh, whether Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau would be available at number three, uh, that's up for debate. Aiden Aiden Hutchinson seems to be a one or number two. It doesn't seem like he'll be there. But there's uh, some interesting head-scratching moments where it seems like Kayvon Thibodeau is, is dropping down. Uh, from a top five to a top 10 and might be in that slot for the Texans to look at. But um, then you look at the offensive line, man, you know, they don't even have a center under contract right now. Just um, Justin Britt was their center last year and um, his his late um, his, his career so far lately has uh, had some injuries with knee issues. And um, it's unlikely that they re-sign him uh, to look at him in a long-term kind of uh, perspective. So do they shore up at center at some point in the draft? That's not really a position that you take early on in the top 10, but say they do trade back. A, a guy like Tyler Linderbaum, um, he is on the top 20 generally when you look at some of these national rankings uh, from credible people that have been grading these and watching a lot of film. Um, he's he's very good as an interior lineman. If Let's say the Texans trade back and have a slot between 20 and 32 somewhere there. It's possible. Um, I mean, like we said, there's so many uh, spots on this roster that need filling. Um, I I really do think a lot of this comes down to who's the best player available uh, because they need to fill those kind of spots. And maybe Tyler Lindenbaum's one of those person. But at number three, that generally speaks offensive tackle. Um, And, you know, there are a couple of guys that 
uh, sit in that spot. Um, there's uh, people that have been on the radar for a while, like Evan Neal from Alabama. He's been slipping on some charts. Uh, but one of the names that have come out recently, Ike Iquanu, uh with North Carolina State, and why he's interesting is because he's getting a lot of talk for how he's versatile. He's both a tackle and a guard. And uh, the way that you look at the offensive line for the Texans right now, that might actually work out pretty well because we've been in the land far too long for talking about whether Titus Howard is a guard, tackle. I mean, it's really because of the depth issues that he's had such a um, up and uh, back and forth movement across guard and tackle inconsistency from the last year. Or so if they're able to come to terms with Larry Tunsil, who uh, might be more comfortable playing with this uh, tenure in this offense with this coaching staff in this situation, maybe they work out a deal to keep him uh, uh, planned and, instead of trading him. Uh, maybe he is able to stay at left tackle. They bump Titus Howard back to the right, and you start off the first year uh, putting Akio Kwanu at left guard, and then Titus Howard, uh, his his contract is coming up soon, his rookie deal, and maybe you bump him out to the tackle. So then you can address some of the other things. Um, and, and that's the other thing we're looking at too is this is Nick Casario's second year, but it's really the first chance he has to have kind of a a, a more a more resources available to build a roster. And the cap situation is so much better than it was last year. Uh, the fact that there's 16 million in surplus um, in some projections right now, whenever the cap goes up at the league year beginning, it's actually kind of amazing that they're there, just considering where they were a year ago. And it also tells you how cheap the guys were last year. Um, and, and maybe they uh, have a couple of cap qua- casualties. You think of a guy like Marcus Cannon. Um, he was traded uh, to the Texans. They traded one of the first guys that Nicosia traded for. He played right tackle and had some back issues. He's, he's getting older and he's mid-30s. He makes the most sense if you're looking at people who they uh, cut ties with. They can clear $5 million, uh, without any dead money hits on him. And maybe you spend some of the difference to go for a center or a guard or some more depth on the interior. So. Those are the two main positions that you're kind of looking at whenever you look at the main needs and where they are in the first round. Well, usually if you're going to trade down from three and get anything, it's got to be for a quarterback. And unless one of these quarterbacks puts on a huge show at the combine, at the private workouts, at the pro days, and in the in the meetings, and the, when they visit teams, they're going to have a hard time generating much. And I'll tell you this about Kayvon Thibodeau. He's dropping because people think he doesn't put out a consistent effort. When you're picking that eye, you can't take a chance on a guy who doesn't put out all the time. And all the guys you mentioned other than Thibodeau has a reputation of giving 100% on every play. I wouldn't mind seeing him get Evan Neal to play tackle or Ike Kwanu to play tackle or guard because they've got to improve the offensive line. And if they traded Tunsil, they need four new starters. I can't imagine George Warhops coming in with the idea that he's going to need four new starters on the offensive line. So I'm going to predict they keep Tunsil, and then they have to worry about three. They move Titus back if they thought – if George Warhop thinks – boy, if he thinks Charlie Heck, if he rates Charlie as high as the last regime did, then he would be right tackle. And then they'd move uh, Howard back to guard, but that just seems like – such a mistake. And uh, so I'm thinking they're going to take one of those linemen. And based on everything I've read by the people I trust, I would think I'd rather see him at Ike Kwanu over at Evan Neal because he's a better run blocker. It's funny about Gil Brandt, who has been scouting players since 1959. I heard him on his serious 
radio show say he thinks Charles Cross in 10 years, the offensive tackle will be talked about as a Hall of Famer. And then Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network expert, I was listening to him, and he was not high on Cross. So it's amazing. It's like a beauty contest. And eventually some of them will turn out to be right. But in Casario's case, he's already got a lot of draft choices. And maybe he'll have more. We don't know. But he's got to improve two sides of the ball up front. Then he's got to get a back. And the time to do that is usually the second round. And there's a couple like Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. Don't know if he'll have a shot at them. They're second round types that uh, might be somebody to come here and actually play. And he better get two of them. And a lot of what Casario does in the draft is going to be depending on what he does in free agency. I think if they were to re-sign Justin Reed, boy, that would ease a big problem at safety. But they got so many big problems on so many different positions. They can't zero in on one guy. But that would sure alleviate a problem that they have going into the draft. You went to Indianapolis for the Texans game against the Colts. The lay of the land up there, since it's your first time, you're going to have so much fun figuring out the way everything works. What are the couple of things you want to know the most about your first trip to the Combine? Well, you know, there's a interesting part of the Combine since the first time I'm here. It's uh, one of the things I want to know is how much teams get out of it now. Um, you know, last year it was gone and a lot of teams were relying on pro days and they had to. Um, there were a lot of teams that were digging into uh, a lot of different means to get the interviews that they have, you know, via Zoom. And um, there's a lot of conversation now about what do you get out of Indianapolis? And it's, you know, you get in, in person 15 to 20 minutes with some of the players to interview them face to face. You see kind of these standard um, tests, the 40 times, the leaps, the cone drills, all that um, and on-field workouts and things like that. I- I'm interested to see what a lot of these GMs and coaches say about just how much the evaluation process has changed. Um, uh, one of the things that I've been keeping an eye on whenever I covered college football, covered LSU at the time, and there's a lot of sharing uh, going between college and the NFL on really a breakthrough in technology the past five um, years has been new. It's just how, how the GPS um, tracking that teams have and seeing what their speed is and more, a little more tangible resources are based on um, what they do on the field versus what you see them do on the field. A couple of analysts have spoken to that in the past couple of weeks. People are already starting to ask some questions about it. And it's like, okay, you can take that. And then you, if you have a question about what they did, in a certain scheme, maybe they didn't run, you know, a lot of press man coverage on the on the team that they uh, played for in college, and you want to see them uh, go and do that um, in, in in certain situations in Indianapolis. But there are more ways to do that. There are individual workouts. In it, they, they get to invite players. Uh, they see them at their pro days. Some of these guys have been in the Senior Bowl, and that's why that's good. You get to see them play in certain situations like that. So um, we're, we're kind of in an evolution spot of where a lot of things applicably and even outside of football businesses and all the other worlds that are trying to adapt and take what they learn from being out of their element during the onset of the pandemic and how that changes what they do for the better. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm really interested to see how that goes. It's the first time since uh, 2020 that they've had a combine and what things they try to do to keep it there or, or adapt or see what, what things are there. So 
I'm, I'm really interested to see that. Uh, I saw that the Rams yesterday, uh, the reports came out that Sean McVay and their, their GM's not going. Um, they're sending their staff to go and do interviews. And really one of the main things is having your medical staff there and checking guys uh, with their history and seeing if they're ready to go. That's one of the things that is really important about Indianapolis. But um, we'll see how many people are there, see what the value is and see what they – um, uh, if there are any changes that they think of having and, and, and making um, that still a part of the NFL draft process in the years to come. The medicals are a source of controversy every year. Players say that if you don't hurt when you go in there, you're going to hurt when you come out. If if you have every doctor in the league messing with your shoulder or your hamstring or your knee, there's no way they're not going to hurt. One of the things you'll find out, players – Say the offensive lineman is supposed to be at the media session and you're looking around for somebody you want to interview and he's not there. Turns out he's still at the hospital because somebody felt something in a part of his body. Now he's got to undergo a bunch more tests. So that's something they put a priority on. And those interviews in which they get 15 minutes per prospect, I remember Gary Kubiak used to say he thought that was the most important thing. But you mentioned Zooms. With Zooms now, you can look a guy in the eye when he's talking just as well as you can when you're sitting across from the table from him. The things that everybody wants to see are speed and strength. And seldom do you see the fastest guys make an impact or the strongest guys almost never make an impact. But it's still a fun thing to see who is the fastest and who is the strongest. And you're going to have a blast. You're going to do a great job. you got stories planned on uh, – Nick Casario and Lovey Smith and a bunch of Texans were laid in angles. And this is just the first of many combines you will attend and do a fantastic job for the Chronicle. I'm John McLean. I can be reached at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm Brooks Kubina. You can find me at B-K-U-B-E-N-A. Brooks, thank you very much. Have fun while you're up there. If you need any restaurant recommendations, let me know. And uh, thank you guys for listening reading and uh, watching and be sure and follow all Brooks's combine stories on TexasSportsNation.com, HoustonFlockle.com and in the Chronicle.